Looking to brighten your smile and boost your confidence? Look no further than Brighter Shades Ahead, your ultimate destination for teeth whitening. Jamie, the founder, has over 20 years of dental expertise. As a licensed and certified teeth whitening professional who understands the challenges of motherhood, she's here to help you. As a valued listener, you can take advantage of an exclusive offer. Mention this podcast and receive a generous $25 discount on a blissful 90-minute session. Whether you're preparing for dental work or just looking for a confidence boost, visit brightershadesahead.com or call or text 801-550-4693. Again, 801-550-4693 to schedule your next whitening session. Remember, Brighter teeth won't solve all your problems, but they're a beautiful reminder that brighter days are always ahead. I recently got my teeth whitened by Jamie and loved the experience. I am excited to go back and I know you'll love the experience too. So book her today. Hey, it's just Blaine and Bex here with the best podcast in Utah. That's right. It's Radio Daybreak, a show highlighting the people, businesses, and events that make Daybreak Salt Lake City in Utah one of the most majestic places around. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and never miss an episode of the best podcast in Utah, Radio Daybreak. Ready to have more energy, fit into your favorite jeans again, and just feel good? Shannon Galladay is here to help you create a healthy lifestyle so you can be your best for the people you love most. Shannon, the founder of Galladay Fit, has over 12 years of experience as a health and fitness coach and a year of experience as a life coach. As a mother of three girls who struggled with her weight during pregnancies, she understands what it's like to get her body back after having babies. As a valued listener, you can take advantage of an exclusive offer. Mention this podcast and receive a generous $20 discount on our our fitness and nutrition package, plus a free 30-minute life coaching session with Shannon. Whether you want to lose the baby weight, run a 5K race, or just feel better in your clothes, call or text Shannon at 480-823-2595. You can also go to yourwellnesscheckin.com to get Shannon's free checklist and videos to help you start feeling better right away. It's time to start feeling and looking your best so you can take care of the people you love most. Shannon is so welcoming and easy to talk to. I just love interacting with her. I know working with her could be a meaningful experience. The following presentation is a production of Ride the Wave Media. Step into the world of A's for Adversity, a podcast where we explore the journey of motherhood. Join us weekly as we navigate the intricate garden of self-discovery amidst the trials of motherhood. This is your space to nurture your identity and bloom. I'm your host, Jen Banks. Thanks again, Cindy, for that guitar music. She is a local Daybreak musician, and you can follow her and her band on Instagram at without.ending. I wanted to start the show with a joke, but the more I thought about it and looked through them, I just decided I would leave it to Ben Brown. He is our Daybreak comedian, and I am so excited to have him on the show today because there is a lot to his story, and he has really risen above adversity, and I just can't wait to share my conversation with him. Okay, I'm here with Ben Brown today. How are you, Ben? I'm doing really well. How are you? Doing great. Would you mind introducing yourself to my audience a little bit? 
Yeah, absolutely. So hi, everybody. My name is Ben. I, I'm also known as the Fresh King Benjamin. I'm a stand-up comedian here in Utah. And I have an interesting backstory. I grew up in, in Wyoming on a Mormon polygamist compound. I'm actually the nephew of the Sister Wives family, if you know about the, the Sister Wives family. And so I, I no longer am a part of that worldview. I, I left that over the last kind of 13 years, kind of a, a gradual step down. And uh, now I do stand-up comedy about what it was like to grow up polygamist and what it's to be out here in the wicked world where everybody is showing their knees and elbows. <laughs> yeah, such an interesting niche, but so applicable, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I found too that especially in Utah right now, it's really fascinating, right? So it kind of grabs because we have so many people who are who have some kind of background with Mormonism and they find it interesting. And then we have so many people who are coming into Utah who have no background in Mormonism but are but are curious so I play to both of those audiences and it's it's fun it's been a it's been a really enjoyable journey for me Yeah do you feel like people are welcoming overall or have you faced some like religious discrimination or how does that play out I'd say that 95% of what I've faced has been everyone everyone's been really welcoming I find that most people are just like yay they're very excited to see me they're very excited to talk they're very curious I have gotten a little bit of pushback from from some usually from some more active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who who take issue with my use of the term Mormon polygamy. They don't like it. Some people don't like it when when I say that. I don't know how else to describe it because that's what we were. <laughs> yes. But even that has actually played into that's been beneficial for me. Sometimes I, just as an example, the first time that I ever headlined, I just got in my neighborhood Facebook group and I just posted about it and I was just like Hey, you guys, I'm I'm doing a show. This is my background. I'm really excited. I want to invite you all here. And almost everybody was lovely. Like almost everyone was really great. But then a couple of a couple of people got on there and they got after me. They they were very upset that I connected polygamy and Mormonism. And and that created a big kerfuffle in the Facebook group because then they were arguing and then other people came and argued and then other people came and argued. So that that I get a little bit of that, but even that is, as a comedian, even that's useful. <laughs> yes. Because that creates kind of some controversy and then everybody's, I got to go see what this is all about. So yeah, so I'd say most people, most people have been pretty cool. And then even the people who who aren't cool, they're helping me because when, when you're not cool about, about something and you, and you're angry and you kind of like react against it, you're just making it more visible. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I like that perspective too, because you're, you're taking it as it comes and it is for sure a hot topic. So I feel like whatever side you're on, it's going to be ruffling someone's feathers. Yeah. And I think too, especially in Utah, and this is kind of what, what sort of has drawn me to comedy is that I, I think in Utah, especially just with the, because in Utah, there are, there are three different groups of people connected to Mormonism, right? There are people who believe it, who are like true believers. And there are people who, who used to be believers, but aren't anymore, right? They've left that faith. And then there are people who have never been Mormon. And all three of those groups of people are valid and deserve to be here and deserve to be treated with respect right? Yeah. We're all, we're all community members. We're all neighbors. We're all here and we need all of us, right? And we need to be able to start to have conversations about Mormonism in this state because all three of those groups see that so differently. And it is such a dominant culture and it, it has political implications. It has religious implications. It's a really powerful thing here in Utah. And comedy is a way to have important and difficult conversations that is a little, it's just a little softer, right? If we can mm -hmm. laugh about something, 
then we can have those difficult conversations. In some ways, the background that I have is it uniquely prepared me to facilitate a conversation around that because I know I've been through that journey. I, I understand. I understand how the people who really believe in Mormonism, that's their identity. It's really important to them. I get how they feel and I love them. I want them to be here. And I understand how the people who have left Mormonism feel. I understand some of the anger and some of the pain that they feel. And I love them and I want them to be here. And I understand the people who are who have never been there, right? Because I've talked to a lot of them and I understand what it feels like to be on the outside. And, and so I, I have my toes in all of these different worlds. And I, I feel really, I just feel really lucky that I get to, that I get to use my voice to kind of help, help us as a, as a culture, have that conversation. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Such a unique place to be in. And that's great that you can be that voice in that place where people feel like they can talk about it or hear more about it. So a lot of times when we talk to people, we're like, oh, tell us something interesting about yourself. I'm curious. Tell us a boring fact about you. What's something lame? This one was funny because I had to I had to think for a little bit. But I think I think a boring fact about me is that I really like sweaters. So mm. I love sweater weather. I love I love it when it's just a little bit chilly and I can wear it, wear a sweater. So I have a whole I've I've got hoodies, I've got these button-ups, button-up sweaters. I'm just a real sweater person. Yeah. And, and I, I feel the most comfortable when I've got a little sweater and like maybe a mug of hot chocolate. Perfect. Yeah, that's great and boring. I love it. So what are some of the hats that you wear? I wear this one quite <laughs> often. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's the there's the comedy hat that I wear. I, I also I'm a I'm a I'm a dad. So I wear the dad hat quite often. I'm a, a business consultant. And so I wear that hat. I I feel also like I'm an advocate for people who are coming from my background. So it, people who leave Mormon polygamy are are often very deeply traumatized and they're often it's 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 a difficult transition. It's really hard. For example, I I didn't have a social security number until I went and got one for mm -hmm. myself when I was 18, mm -hmm. right? And so the transition into the world is is quite difficult. And so I also wear that hat where I I part of the comedy, it's not just about fun and games, which it, that's mostly what it's about. Cause it's <laughs> but, but it's also about sort of raising awareness about what that world is like and that, and the challenging time that people have leaving it and integrating into, into modern society. I love when people can take things that have happened to them and then help other people. Cause that's part of the beauty of it. Yeah. And I, I think that that that's the, maybe not the purpose. Cause I, I don't know that I would say that, that things happen, that bad things happen because because something made them happen. But I think that really is the opportunity that we have when bad things happen, right? Mm -hmm. And it may it may have been for a reason, it may have not been for a reason, but, but I don't really care about the reasons that are external that are up here. What I care about is what opportunity do I have? When something traumatic happens, it can bury you or it can transform you, right? And if you can find a way to, and, and in my experience, the best way to, to let it transform you is to, is to find a way to use that experience to help other people. Yeah, for sure. I was just listening to a podcast and she was talking about a game she plays with her kids called Good News and Bad News. And so her daughter fell and scraped her knee and she's like, oh yeah, the bad news is that you fell, you know, you got a hurt knee, but the good news is you didn't crash into anything else or mm -hmm. it was safely right here in our driveway by the grass. And so yeah, you t you acknowledge the pain, you acknowledge what it was, and then you you find the light or the bright side. Yeah, and as humans, yeah. we are constantly creating our world, right? Every every moment of every day, we're creating the world that we exist in, and so being able to find the good 
in the bad, I I think is a really crucial life skill. Because if because because uh, bad things are going to happen. Look at the last three years. Bad things are going to sometimes bad things happen nonstop. Right. And so if if you're always just in response to what's happening, then you're never going to then then you're at the you're at the mercy of of what's out there. And what's out there is often really challenging. It's often really difficult. And you don't have to be a victim of that. Yeah, for sure. So what's some other adversity or challenges that you've gone through that have shaped your character? So probably the most the most difficult thing for me was really my I had a, I had a very difficult childhood. So so I was the I was my my mom's oldest. My dad has three wives. I was my mom's oldest. I was my dad's third. My dad has 16 kids, so I'm the third of 16 kids. And so that meant that there was just there's was a lot of neglect, right? There wasn't a lot of care that was given. By the time by the time I was 2, my mom had another child. By the time I was 4, my mom had another child. By the time I was 6, she had another child. And so I didn't get a lot of care when I was very young. We lived very much outside of of mainstream society. We were on a tiny tiny little ranch in the back nowhere of Wyoming. And so we didn't attend we didn't attend elementary school, we didn't attend high school. Like we, we never really interacted much with the outside world. And when I was 8, I started working in my family's bakery and then I was I was labor trafficked. I didn't know that it was labor trafficking. I thought it was just the thing that everyone did. But decades later, I I was actually I, I taught high school for a little while as an mm-hmm. adult and I was I was like as part of high school training, you have to take this training about human trafficking so that you can identify it in potential students, right? And I I heard the definition of labor trafficking and I was like, oh, that's what happened to me for 10 years. Mm. <laughs> um, and and that was tough because what, what happens there is it, it's it's this core wound of of this sense of my life is not my own. Mm-hmm. My life exists to serve and to be to do what other people tell me to do, that I don't have power. In, in my life. And, and in addition to that, it was also dangerous work. I, I was injured dozens of times and we rarely went to the hospital and, and it was long, it was long days. Like I, w- I would sometimes work 16 or 20 hour days and mm-hmm. was a teenager, which is not what teenagers should be doing. And that had some, that had some consequences, right? That had some long-term effects on my physical health, on my mental health. The, the gift in that, I guess, the the opportunity in that has been that as an adult, as I've as I've done the healing, as I've gone to therapy, as I've recognized and come to terms with and accepted what happened to me, then then I've been able to transform it, right? So I've been able to really choose my life. So that that sense of I'm not in control, I'm not in power, I I can't live the life that I want to live, has now been turned into actually I can't. And that's inspired me and that's given me the fuel to, to try comedy, which is a difficult career, right? That's not a, it's a, it's a challenging space to get into. It's one of the hardest, most scary things that most people can even think of or imagine doing and, and being able to know the bad, the bad thing has already happened to me. Like mm. the, the worst part of my life is probably over. And, yeah. and now I get to, now I get to be in choice for the rest of my life because I know what it's like to not be in choice. And so I never, I never go there again. Yeah. Wow. That's great. I love how you've, you've shaped that experience and, and what you've learned from it. That's beautiful. So what's one of your core values that you feel like drives you? Humor is a a, Mm -hmm. a really strong core value. And I'd like to maybe just opine on that a little bit because I, it's not just about humor to me is not just about 
making fun or finding things funny. Humor is really a transcendent value. And what I mean by that is that humor allows you to transcend, transcend to come above the mundane, the difficult, even the traumatic, and, and to find something that's funny in it, right? If you can laugh at something, it means that it doesn't have power over you anymore. Humor to me is actually a very deep, very human value of being able to say, I'm not a victim of what happens. Because no matter what happens, no matter how bad it is, no matter how hurtful it is, no matter how much damage it causes to me, I can still find something funny about it. And if I can find something funny about it, that means that it doesn't have power over me. I have power over it. Are you looking for peaceful, screen-free activities? Introducing Daybreak Dough, a local homemade Play-Doh and sensory kit business that uses natural ingredients found in your kitchen. Ash has been making homemade Play-Doh and sensory activities since 2016. As a preschool teacher, she immediately saw the impact creating engaging sensory experiences had on her young students and started using them as a tool to help with her own mental health too. Homemade Play-Doh and sensory activities offer many benefits for young children adults doing inner child work, and anyone who is seeking more play in their lives. Daybreak Doe's mission is to remind all of us the importance of sensory play, no matter our age. Visit www.daybreakdoe.com and enter code ADVERSITY at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Daybreak Doe can also be found on Instagram and Facebook with the handle at Daybreak Doe. I ordered a few of these from Ash and I love them so much. My preschoolers stay engaged for a very long time and request these kits almost daily. Whether you're ordering one for yourself or some kids in your life, you won't be disappointed. The trumpets have sounded and the end is nigh, but have no fear. Your prophet is here. I'm the Fresh King Benjamin, host of Vibing the Apocalypse, a podcast that uses comedy to bring injustices that I went through to light. I'm an escapee from a Mormon polygamous compound in Wyoming. I was taught that the world was a wicked, wicked place. But now that I've escaped, I want you to show me all the wicked things and help me catch up on what I missed out on. Check out Vibing the Apocalypse right here on Ride the Wave Media. Have you ever been curious about the energies that influenced you the moment you took your first breath? Are you captivated by the cycles of the moon? Are you intrigued by the connection you feel to the stars in the universe? If so, having your birth chart read can answer these questions and give you insight to the cosmic blueprint that was made when you were born. Kaya Community founder Cambria Davis is an experienced astrologer and energy healer that has the unique ability to unveil the magic of your birth chart and the essence of your soul in ways that will resonate with you for years to come. Not only can this 60-minute reading connect you deeper with the stars, the cosmos, and yourself, it can help you return to your soul's essence and to remember the purpose you have here during this existence. It can provide direction and guidance if you feel stuck or lost. And most importantly, it can help you be in alignment with the timing of your life. Follow your soul today and book your reading with Cambria by visiting www.kayacommunity.com. That's community with a K. Or find the link in the show notes. I met Cambria at the business networking lunches in Daybreak and have been so fascinated by her talents and personality. And I'm so excited to have my reading done with her in the future, as well as a girls' night where she will do birth chart readings. Book a session with her and be sure to mention that I sent you. Yeah, I've never looked at humor in such a way, and I love that perspective. I, growing up, always wanted to marry someone that was tall, dark, and handsome. But my husband, he's short, blonde-haired, and blue-eyed. But (laughs) the reason that I married him is because he's funny. He makes me laugh every single day, and that trumped everything. Yeah. If you imagine, if you imagine being like 
I don't know, stranded on a desert island or stuck in a bad situation, being with someone who's funny is about, that's about better than anything else. Because if someone's got a really good skill set, but they're 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 not kind or they're just a drag, because it's all mental, right? Survival is mental. Thriving is mental. We live. We're we're like this is our powerhouse, right? And if we can be in charge of this, and humor is a great way to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Ha, ha 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 ha, right? Because you can just you can just laugh at it, right? Ah, oh, doesn't matter. Ha ha, that's funny, right? Mm-hmm. And then being able to do that, you can you can get through the wildest times. Ah. And they have that expression, comic relief. And it's so true. Like you feel that relief when you're able to make something lighter or laugh at it. So yeah. that's great. Someone once told me that that you can never, that, that laughter forces you to be in the present, mm. right? That you, you have to be present when you're laughing, which means that you're not worried about the past. You're not anxious about the future. You're right here. And if you're right here, almost all the time, wherever you are right here is good. Yes. So great. Okay. Let's move in a little bit to what you do, which I know they're really intertwined because of values and who we are as people, but what has your experience been as a comedian, like in the show, take us to a show and what's yeah, it like? So I, I started, I actually moved, I moved to Salt. I was living in Southern Utah. I moved to Salt Lake because I, I wanted to try the comedy thing. And, and Salt Lake has a much better comedy scene than St. George, Utah. And, and so I did my first open mic at, at the downtown wise guys at, at the gateway in May of 2021. So just over about two and a half years ago mm-hmm. and, and it, and it killed, like it, it worked, everything, everything landed. I got laughs that I wasn't even expecting and, and I was immediately hooked. And so then I, then I just threw myself into that. So I I've since then I've attended, I, I take any amount of stage time I can. I've done every open mic that I can. I even once, I even once went to a birthday party that I wasn't invited to, to do comedy because someone at the birthday party thought it would be funny to hire me to come do comedy at that party. Mm-hmm. And he told no one. So I just showed up to some person's birthday party and started doing comedy that I wasn't invited to. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, but what that allowed me to do is that slowly, like I started, you do an open mic and it's a three minute set, right? So, so I, I worked on that three minute set. And then I started opening. I met met a couple of comics. They started letting me open for them. And so then that three minutes became like five minutes and then five minutes became 15. And over the course of about a year and a half, I, I wrote an hour of, of material. Mm-hmm. And once you have an hour, once you have 45 minutes to an hour, you can start, you can start headlining. If you're assuming that you're, you're good <laughs> and that you can sell tickets, right? Those are the two things. And one of the advantages, right, of growing up in a, in a polygamous cult is that that's interesting and remarkable. And when you, people hear, oh, there's a former polygamous comedian. I want to go see that. It sells tickets pretty well. So mm-hmm. I did my, I did my first, I did my first headlining set in March of this year at the, at just at, at the local wise guys, it's right over here at, at West Jordan. And mm-hmm. that sold that's that show sold out. So it packed the house. It, it was amazing. The energy in that room was just so fantastic. And, and so kind of what, what, what I do now is I'll, I'll get up there and I'll do I'll bring a couple of friends and they'll do, they'll open for me. They'll do, you know, maybe 30 minutes at the beginning to open up, warm up the crowd and get things going. And then I'll come on and I'll do, I'll do an hour and, and then we'll wrap up and we'll go. And, and that's been, it's been really fun. And what I found too, is that the experience of being a comedian, it's not just about the writing. It's not just about the show. It's also about the promotion on the back end, right? So the real game is, is not just about having really good content. It's about 
finding ways to let people know about shows and then get making sure that they come out, right? So that's been a fun game to to learn and to sort of master. Right now I'm I'm doing it about monthly. So I I started back in March and now about every month I've got a show and and it's pretty fun. It it keeps me it keeps me it keeps me excited. Yeah, that's so great. Just when you talk about the energy, it's oh, that's contagious. It makes me yeah. want to go. One of the magical things about live comedy, right? And and if anyone if anyone's listening and they haven't they haven't come to a gone to a live comedy show, I would really suggest checking one out. Uh, there and there are tons of great comics for for literally for anyone who comes through the the wise guys here in Utah books really phenomenal people. They have great shows every single weekend. And one of the things that's different, right, about like you could because you could go on Netflix and you could watch a stand up special, and that's great and fun. But there's it's it's not the same as being in the audience. And what's fun about the audience, right, is that at a comedy show, everyone has come to laugh. So we've all come, we've all gathered together to have this communal experience of laughing, right? And so everyone there is open, everyone there is excited, everyone there wants to laugh. And so being able to be the comic at a live show is 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 a real honor, right? Because essentially what's happened is that I've just been selected to be the person to channel the energy of the audience that's already there, right? Everyone wants to laugh there. And so I just get to be the one who's going to just move that energy for us. And it's pretty magic. It's a, it's a, always a really special time. Yeah, that's so interesting. My husband and I went to Dry Bar Comedy in Provo a little yeah. while ago. My husband can be critical sometimes, maybe because he is so funny. He's, oh, that was low-hanging fruit. So he's, he's pretty... Yes, his standards are pretty high. I laugh at a lot of things. I I can laugh pretty easily, but he he's a critic, so it's funny. Uh-huh. He should come to an open mic. Yeah, there you go. That's a good idea. Do you have a favorite moment from a previous show or something that sticks out in my in your mind? There's lots because every, every show is is interesting and unique and different and and funny in its own way. One that kind of stands out to me right now is the 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 second time I did the West Jordan Wise Guys over here. There was one night where the lights, the stage lights weren't working. (laughs) They couldn't get the stage lights to work. And, and it was just one of those moments where like the manager was freaking out because it's his job to make the show go well. And I was just, I was just in total Zen. I'm like, look, whatever, whatever happens is going to happen. And so the manager, right before the show started, the manager ran home and he had a floodlight, like a, like a construction floodlight Uh that he brought from his house and he, he put it on the front row and it was like a spotlight. And which was not as good as stage lights, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, but what was fun about that is that then, it, then it became this unique and funny thing, right? So I got up there and I was able to say, welcome to guys. We're in the middle of the apocalypse. And sometimes when you're in the apocalypse, stuff doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So welcome to the apocalypse show. And then it just becomes part of the, part of the experience, right? So being able to find comedies about immediacy, right? About what's happening right now. And so being able to find the things that are happening right now in the moment and then incorporate them into the show is, is a, is just a fun, it's a fun game and it's a fun little challenge to play. Yeah, that's great. And then it adds to the shared experience of it all too. Totally. Do you have a favorite quote or mantra that guides what you do or makes you think? Yeah. So, so my favorite quote is from a guy named Rene Dumal. Rene Dumal was a French mountaineer. He 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 summited a whole bunch of mountains like in in the in Europe and in America. And he has this really lovely quote about perspective and it goes 
it's talking about coming to the summit of a mountain, right? So if anyone's ever summited a mountain, you know what this feels like. And he says, you cannot stay at the summit forever. You have to come down again. So why climb in the first place? Just this. What is above knows what is below. But what is below does not know what is above. One climbs and one sees. One descends and one sees no longer, but one has seen. There is an art of conducting oneself in the lower regions by the memory of what one saw at the top. And I love that because, especially comedy, right? Because comedy is is a peak experience, right? It's getting people, it's elevating, right? It's that transcendent thing. It's about getting people up. And when they're up, they can see. And then you go out, you go, you leave the comedy club, you leave the mountaintop, right? You go back into sort of mundane, sometimes dreary life, but there's, but you're changed, right? There's an art of living in, in sort of normal life that is governed by the things that you see when you're in these peak moments. And, and so for me, that looks like my job as a comedian, right, is to make sure that when people come to a show of mine, that they get elevated, right? Mm-hmm. That they get elevated, that they can get up and above whatever it is that's difficult or challenging for them. They can get up and above that. Because if they can get up and above that, that's all they really need. I don't have to fix people's problems. And honestly, I can't. I actually can't fix people's problems. But what I can do is I can give them an elevated experience that puts them in a position where they can act as as their best selves, and then they can solve their problems. You know, when I think about our world right now, we we have a lot, (laughs) there's a lot going wrong, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of awful, difficult, challenging things happening. And it doesn't look like it's going to get easier anytime soon. In fact, it looks like it's probably going to get harder. And so I think that as a, as a culture, as a community, right, as a, as a global tribe of humans, it becomes really important for us to do whatever we can to elevate our, our, our energy, right, to elevate our vibe so that we can respond to these challenges that we're facing as our best selves. Beautiful. Wow. I never realized how good of a a marriage this is between, you know, diversity and comedy. You know, I had a comedian on so long ago. Yeah. And one um, one of the things that's interesting too, just to follow up on that is that almost all comedians, there's this real, I can't remember the name of this podcast, but there's this really great podcast where a comedian is, he interviews other comedians about essentially about their trauma. And almost every, almost every great comedian had, has had something horrific, right? Mm -hmm. Something really, the funniest people are are the people who have had really bad things happen to them and then they've found a way to overcome it, right? So there actually is quite a strong parallel between adversity and comedy because often often the way there are different ways that people can respond to adversity, but a really powerful way that a lot of people choose is through humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I also don't always have male guests just cuz that it's not who I find all the time, but I love that male perspective too. So yeah. How can people best support you? What can we do? Yeah. So the, the best way to support me is to come out to a show if you're local. So if you're in, in, in the Utah area, come out to a show. You can follow me on social media. I'm on TikTok and Instagram at the Fresh King Benjamin. So just one word, the Fresh King Benjamin. And then beyond that, I, I do, I, I'm also available for hire for like corporate gigs or Christmas parties or birthday parties. 
So if anybody wanted to like hire me to come out and do do comedy, like if you want to if you want me to if you want to bring me to your friend's birthday party, not tell anyone, you can do that. Yeah, but come to a show, right? F- come come to a show and then just feel the experience, feel the energy of, of that show, and then tell people about it. Yeah. So great. Thank you for your time and for your insights. I really appreciated having you. Absolutely. Thanks so much. I, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next week. And also we are rolling out an evening networking dinner. We're going to try that out for those of you who work during the day and can't make those networking lunches. So it'll be next Thursday, one week from today, the 25th, seven o'clock PM at the porch in daybreak. See you there. This is Sarah Elbert with Daybreak Treasures Boutique, and I would like to let you know about some watercolor workshops coming up. We have a Winter Wonderland watercolor with Shelly Clough at Biscott's Bakery. That's 6172 Westlake Avenue in South Jordan on Thursday, January 18th, 5.30 to 8 p.m. Go sign up at daybreaktreasures.com, art workshops, and book your spot.